Lima Charlie, loud and clear. Lima Charlie, alto y claro. Lima Charlie, fort et clair. Lima Charlie, wahidin wam. Lima Charlie, urusakute, akiraka de aru. Lima Charlie, loud and clear. Lima Charlie, sahat ke bahan hai. Lima Charlie, light and dialer. Lima Charlie, to ba zo zang. Lima Charlie, xin chu, ming ba. Lima Charlie, gromka i yasna. Lima Charlie. Loud and clear. You're listening to Lima Charlie News. Welcome to Lima Charlie Podcasts. We are here for a second episode to discuss the topic of PTSD, depression, suicide, and the many unorthodox treatments available to those that suffer. If you haven't listened to it already, I urge you to pause and go back to our episode one. We covered a lot of topics, many of them heavy. Uh, We also started discussing some alternatives, one of them being cannabis, and we we covered that, and we're going to cover that again today. With me in the studio is, of course, James Cordia, Marine. Hello, Semper Fi. Good to be back. We also have Don Martinez, U.S. Army. Don. Hello. Thanks again, everybody. All my brothers and sisters, welcome. And we have a special guest today, a new contributor to Lima Charlie News. He uh, has formerly served in the South Korean Army. His name is Dennis On. Well, it's Duon, but we call him Dennis. Dennis, say hi. Hi, I'm Dennis. Great to be here. Okay. The main reason that we wanted to have Dennis on the show is a part of Lima Charlie is to have a dialogue among veterans around the world. And especially with issues such as this, how are veterans treated in different countries, uh, different service members? We had a great talk with Dennis about his experiences while serving in the South Korean army and some of the methods used to deal with stress, depression, PTSD. And we wanted to discuss that here today before we go into our other topics. Before we do, though, I just want to remind our listeners that Dennis did publish his first article with us. It's on our site now, and it's about the 21st Korean Family Reunion event that is coming up this August. I learned a lot by working with Dennis on this article. I wasn't even aware that this was happening. There's been about, how many? 21 reun- twenty unions so far. Yeah, I think this is really important time to be like peaceful, to make peaceful atmosphere between the two Koreas, like after the regime had changed in 2015. So I hope you read this article and you can email me at any time about your ideas. Thank you. Yeah, you know, the article involves families that were separated uh, during and after the Korean War. And there's a lot of emotion that goes into these brief reunions that happen. This family separation includes trauma, depression, PTSD. It's another form of PTSD. So again, as James so eloquently said at our last episode, this isn't, this isn't just about veterans and service members. It's about all of us. And it's about all of us who go through pain and depression. And James, if I recall correctly, you and Don were discussing how what triggered your idea to do this show was the, the tragic death of Anthony Bourdain. It, it is. It's, it's one of the things that, you know, again, we've all dealt with 
depression and, and suicide in, in our friends, uh, within our friendships and everything else. And then I, I just feel like there is a, a, a bridge that we can gap within between the military and the, the civil. I, I, it's a strange sort of thing, this, a strange opportunity. And full disclosure here, when I got out of the military, I did chip on my shoulder with civilians. Um, and I, I think that carries on a bit to a certain extent with other veterans. And I can't blanket all veterans. But I remember thinking, you know, fuck me, I've just gone through all this bullshit and all of these kids are jumping out of college and getting there and having a good old time and going to concerts and festivals. And, and I feel like that part of my life was removed or removed a while uh, during my service. And I, I, I don't know what happened, but I felt a little bitter about it and felt a little... And and, and I think it was... Uh, you know, I, I had I had some good people in my corner, and my you know my mother's very far left leaning politically. My father's very right leaning uh, politically, and and they kind of pulled me into common sense and said, you know, you can't go around with a chip on your shoulder. These people had a path; they made a choice; they did it. And with that kind of spirit in mind, I, I really enjoy Lima Charlie because of that. Uh, and this topic is something that, that really does, yes, it hits the veteran community extremely hard. It really does, but it hits everyone at one time or another. And this is a topic that we all can, can get behind. We can all support. We can all help each other and uh, work together towards better things. So, for you know, again, wrapping up, I don't have a chip on my shoulder with civilians now. You guys are all right. You guys have helped me out <laughs> in, my, in, my, uh, in my life now transitioning. But it, it, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, when I got out, I didn't have some uh, resentment to, to other people who didn't share the same experiences I did. Dennis, I know this is out of right field, but how did you feel when you, when you left the military? So at first, like for several months, I couldn't adopt like the society that much, like I had little trouble. It was not a big trouble, but we have like different mindset. Yeah. Like using different words, different lifestyle. Even yeah. I'm like stayed in like Korea. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was not a, like really good memory. Like after like first like two or three months after I did my duty. I think so, that's, that's mirrored kind of by by my experience, I feel like the first couple months are a bit strange, and you kind of yeah. you you've, you're locked onto this military mindset, and then you've got other people kind of smiling and laughing, and you don't really feel like you belong to too much. Um, and yeah. it sounds a lot like what you you've experienced. And like still, sometimes like I have like dreams about yeah. like military. Mm -hmm. yeah. Never. Leave. It's kind of <laughs> nightmare, and many people have like same like symptoms like PTSD. And and how did you find the treatment in in, in no I I've uh, full disclosure when I was overseas I worked with the uh, Rock Marines the Korean Marines mm -hmm. and and that is an intense outfit they are very 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 intense very very serious about what they're doing and and like just I remember looking at it being like this is this is some good stuff here right, uh, right. and um, the Marines yeah and and, and I I you know. How how did you experience the treatment for various things or, uh, you know, everything? The kind of, when they discharge you, did they just kind of say goodbye and then let you go? Or did they give you kind of a exit class or anything like that? Uh, do they have a veterans kind of hospital for you when you get out? So, I mean, like, after that, like, you can, like, we can, like, go to, like, military hospitals after, like, we 
discharged like for like about like half year but okay. after that like they don't we cannot like, access them anymore so we cannot receive any help as a or like veteran okay like, okay for service so, okay yeah. and um oh man there's a, i have so many questions i don't know where to begin <laughs> well I, I i'd like to say I, I i asked dennis to do some research into other countries he's compiling an amazing list and we're going to keep following up on this topic and if you're out there listening and you've served around the world please reach out to us reach out to dennis we we want to follow up with episodes we want to discuss other countries and other uh situations on how men and women are treated dennis showed me some statistics that that are mind-blowing it says here that according to the korea ministry of national defense there were 75 casualties in 2017 and of that 51 were suicide and since 2013 about 60 percent of the casualties in South Korea's military were, were suicide cases. That that's, that's Yeah, that's true. This is from the Ministry of National Defense, so it must be true. It's, it's as official as it gets, yeah. There's always that one person you kind of see in the military that you kind of like, all right, that's he's going through a rough patch and kind of, you know, but that's normally, I, I guess what I've seen is the numbers jump out afterwards. Like it seems that when people are removed from the military, that's when the depression hits, at least in my circle of, of acquaintances and friends. It seems that the hard, it's harder when you, when you don't have that, that kind of structure and those friends and that camaraderie anymore and you return to normality, uh, quote-unquote, I guess. Um, I, uh, I had asked Dennis, what, what, are his, what are the three main problems in treatment in the South Korean uh, military? One, there are always too many people on the waiting list. There's a, a heavy waiting list. Two, you've said many of the, uh, the surgeons have a lack of experience Maybe you can explain that even more. And then the third is, at the end of the day, the treatment is usually uh, prescribing antidepressants. And boy, we've been we've been talking about that. That yes. seems to be the go-to, prescribe antidepressants. Do you have anything to say about those three problems? So when I was serving my military duty, like I was in Daejeon Armed Force Hospital. It's one of the biggest, like the Korean military hospital. Okay. So... When I saw there, like, when I was in the hospital, like I saw like so many soldiers cannot receive like appropriate treatments where because like Anthony said, like there are too many soldiers need like mental care or like physical care. But I should say this is like lack of facilities because mm -hmm. there are we have like 600,000 soldiers Okay. Now serving military service, but the, like the big hospitals, they have like the psychiatry department. Yeah, has just like several. So yeah, if you have mental serious mental problem, you should go to the general hospital. Mm -hmm. But there are too many soldiers from all different military base. Sometimes even you visit the hospital, you cannot get treatment at all, and just should come back. That's, yeah, that's the first problem. And the second problem is, so this is a kind of a unique system the Korean military system has. So if you are like the graduate medical students or if you have like doctor's degree, so if you are like doctor, then you can serve military duty 
as a doctor, so you serve as lieutenant instead of becoming private. So basically, South Korea's military system is conscription. So you have to serve it; it's your duty. Mm -hmm. so, but you have more chance if you are doctor. But problem is there are too many patients. Many people have problem need treatment, but you have to deal with them at least like a hundred of them a day mm -hmm. as a doctor, and it's kind of hard. You need to take rest. You need like someone support to you to deal with soldiers, but is they can't usually. So I think that's one of the problem. And the last problem is yeah. So they are mostly have like short careers. They just became like doctors, or they just been doctors like for like one or two years because they have to serve military service. So they are like young, like they are like mid twenty or like late twenties. Right. They are not like really professional doctors, so cannot like they don't know where like how to deal is the. It's really like complicated to deal with the mental problems, especially if they are like soldiers or they have like. PTSD, but there are too many people, and you have no many experience with them. So you just it just ends up as like prescribing the antidepressant pills. Right. Yeah, it's then the go-to. And James read out a very long list of many of the side effects of antidepressants last week, which the, the these side effects are ten times worse than than the cause. I just remember delayed ejaculation. And sorry, it's, it's just the one that sticks in my head. I don't know why. Right. For, for those who haven't listened to episode one, for such a heavy topic, we promise you'll laugh. Uh, especially, uh, you know. Episode one, we had a range of, I mean, this is a heavy topic. And it's, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, we're not trying to bring you down. Just shine a little light on it and then you, you will figure out a way to smile through the bullshit. And, and humor is healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Never stop, uh, never lose your smile. Never lose your sense of humor. Dennis, you you mentioned in your in your notes to us there's a green camp, yeah. blue camp, green camp, blue camp. I, how do you say that in Korean? So it is called it, it is just green camp, like English word, even in Korea. Really, and okay. it is called blue camp in like in navy. Uh huh. So green camp is like basically an educational and like therapy program for Korean soldiers have mental problems, but not like really serious. Who cannot like adopt the their like environment or who needs some to deal with to release the stress. But they like so in during this camp, so the soldiers have like similar problems with like similar symptoms, like share a room, share a place, and live together during the camp. The camp is mostly like in last two weeks, or it can be like several months, depends on like how ill the person. Yeah. Okay. So during the program, like the soldiers take, can take like one-one counsel or like mental therapy or like art therapy. They do like voluntary service and that's the most contents they do. Okay. But like, it sounds good. It sounds good to deal with the mental problems and like the, to deal with like the stress. But actually like, include me, the most Korean soldiers are skeptical about its efficacy and avoid attending this they just camp. They don't want to go to it. Yeah? yeah, they don't want go there. Okay. I think like 
The reason is so like after the camp, the soldiers come back to their go back to their like military base. Their unit. Yeah, their units. And like the the soldiers who attended this program are considered as like some loser, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you are you are not like real men, like you some you have, yeah. some things trends yeah, are the same all around the world. Cause so I... <laughs> right military is basically have some like the real manly like environment mostly so yeah so, so you are become like covert so green camp then green camp becomes synonymous with you've been sent to this facility a stigma might attach to it you said they when they get back to their unit they, they may be looked down on so i i i did not go there but i'm i i had like some like other members. units yeah uh, members in my base yeah and like what they say is they could not like solve the problem because of the stress or like the mental problems uh basically it's from their military base their like environment mm -hmm. but it's kind of you just visit there and come back after like two weeks but nothing changed in the base so environment is the main problem that should be addressed addressed but actually like after this program like everything is same so you just come back to like the same, same situation problems. yeah same problem and like other units just like make fun of you or, or like don't want to don't want a green camp yeah. person in their unit right. i imagine yes. <laughs> yeah, so, it, yeah and that i think transfers well because it was one of the things i know the people that were in the Marines with me that did seek out mental health. And I have to, full disclosure, I was probably a bit guilty on myself, which just sounds very hypocritical now, and I understand this. But they were looked down upon. And it was like someone who's like, look, you're mentally weak, can't hack this, isn't ready, you don't want to be next to them, you don't want to be with them. You kind of get, there is a stigma attached to people who, during service, go in and look for help. I think after help, it's a bit... It's even a bit tricky sometimes too because you do have that kind of well I don't want to be you know I don't want I you, I still I'm strong enough to handle it I don't want to I don't need it but perhaps if you do you let that stigma kind of hold you back from seeking help which might help um, being attached to going to green camp in, in in South Korea is very much like going to the mental health here and I think there is a stigma when you get back to your unit. And that's worldwide, it seems. It seems. Yeah, right. Um, Dennis, you mentioned art therapy. Of all of the unorthodox treatments, did we even mention art it's, therapy? It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, that's a future podcast episode. It won't be all cannabis all the time. <laughs> We're just having a lot of fun with the cannabis episodes. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, that is coming. I know we've talked about how writing for Lima Charlie is therapeutic, getting your thoughts out. Absolutely. Uh, and again, I, I say this to all of our listeners. If you have served, you want to write, you have a story. We've seen some amazing writers come and put their thoughts down. Don's pieces are amazing. Don's pieces have really touched a lot of people. So, all right. So speaking of writing, uh, listeners, pay attention to Dennis Duan because he's going to be writing more and he's going to be getting better and better, I'm sure, and hitting a lot of... Uh, amazing topics dennis not to put you on the spot we didn't even discuss this pre-show but if you could give some encouragement to your colleagues oh. that are serving right now in the south korean military and if it's any easier 
say it in Korean. Just just a word of encouragement. What might that be? Um, 저도 군 생활을 한 적이 있고 여러분이 힘든 생활을 하고 있다는 것을 충분히 알고 또 경험했습니다. 혹시라도 이런 비슷한 문제를 겪고 계시다면은 너무 힘들게 생각하지 마시고 언제든지 주변에 누구에게든 도움을 요청하고 또 이겨내기 위해 노력을 하는 멋진 장병이 되길 바랍니다. So for our English listeners, our bad English listeners and our Marines out there, yeah. can you give a rough translation? So I just said like I I also served military service and I understand like you can have this like mental or like other problems. I also had it. So even you have it, like don't take it too like badly. Just like ask to help nearby you and try to overcome your problems. Then everything gonna be fine. So, yeah, that's basically what I said. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that right. is awesome. Yeah. Dennis, this has been wonderful. Yeah. And, and, and I hope that you're on the show a lot more. And I hope that uh, you continue with your research. And we see you very soon. We'll be back after a short break. And we're going to continue the show discussing cannabis. And what else, James? Uh, well, we're just going to do a recap. We've got the Memorial Day um, oh, yeah. interviews coming up as well. This is going to be a, an interview-rich uh, podcast. So okay. get ready. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. James, what keeps us going on these uh, late night podcasts? Uh, rum and cheap lager. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, well, of course, the e-boost. It's our instant lift. It's energy, vitamins, a little coconut water in there. Good juju, good stuff. Uh, E-Boost is such a, an old and wonderful sponsor, and it, it really does. Amp up your go, focus and mood. Go to eboost.com. We're talking all natural ingredients, vitamins, green tea, energy shots. Energy shots. And uh, we've been drinking this stuff for a long time. And when we've, we've had a long day and we, and we have to do a, a podcast, we pound these down. I got it. What flavor do you have? I had the berry punch, but that's my personal favorite. Is it? The fruit punch. Uh, I have berry melon. Berry melon. Very, it, very good. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of flavors. Go to eboost.com. Rev up your energy with these little shots. I'm reading from the website. Feel great. Do more. They also have other products. Hold on. Let's take a look at it. Your veggie fix. Workout crusher. And your built there's, there's protein products. There is probiotic products there's a workout crusher uh geez there's a whole bunch of new products they really are branching out right we haven't tried any of those we're gonna have well not much working out in the podcast game. <laughs> my, my understanding is uh, all of these products are good for your colon it's it's number one in the number two game <laughs> all right big shout out to eboost Thank go you. online order some find it in stores Taste the shots. It'll keep you going. E-boost. Feel great. Do more. Yeah. Lima Charlie. Loud and clear. You're listening to Lima Charlie News. And we are back with part two of our podcast, PTSD, depression, suicide, and the many unorthodox treatments available to those who suffer. 
Uh, but before we go forward, I know that James had a few words to say. Well, uh, my mother listens weekly. She's a devoted fan and a devoted mother. She loves me and supports what I do. Uh, she did kick me in the butt and say that I shouldn't have mentioned bringing hash back from Amsterdam. And we are not encouraging you to break the laws. Uh, we're encouraging you to move towards trying to change the laws. And while marijuana may be legal in your state, it's still federally illegal, uh, which is strange. So we're going to work towards encouraging people to get out there and change that. And I just want to encourage you also to not break the law and just quickly tell my mom I love her and I'm sorry. Yeah, we miss your mom. Yeah, and <laughs> for, for those listeners that listen to the sports podcast, the Three Marine Sports podcast, your mom had some. In fact, we opened a show once with. She uh, had to research Bukaki because of oh. um, a horrible joke I made on air. And there's no conversation that's as awkward as having your mother ask you what a Bukaki is. So James's mom listened and kept him in line, and we owe her. We're thankful. And she, I'm sure, will make a cameo some somewhere along. This uh, this whole thing. So for the only, stronger, the only thing stronger than a marine is a marine mom. Uh, That's a very yeah. very true, very very true. And she's actually the daughter of a marine as well. So it's you know she's she's been surrounded by jarheads her whole life. I really feel bad for her. <laughs> <laughs> so this past Memorial Day, uh, Don went down to D.C. You might have followed his article. You might have followed his Twitter. He also brought along Geronimo. His, uh, his new service dog. I urge you to read that article as well. But, Don, please take it away. You had some amazing interviews about these topics. So one of the first people I interviewed when I got to the veterans rally was Chris Mueller. He is an Army OIF veteran who drove to Washington, D.C. with 22 body bags in the bed of his truck to provide a visualization for everyone of what 22 veteran suicides a day looks like. He parked across the street from the VA in Lafayette Park, where the rally was being held. Hi, so what's your name? What did you do in the military? And uh, tell us why you're here. What you got here? Uh, my name is Chris Muller. I'm from Philadelphia. I was a combat engineer and I was infantry uh, from 2002 to about 2008. And uh, this is the Bud Truck and the Mighty 22. This is 22 body bags here that represent the 22 veterans that commit suicide on pills and pharmaceuticals every day. And that's a low number estimate for the United States. And I'm here in uh, Washington, D.C. at Lafayette Square to present them to the public so they can see what 22 veterans committing suicide every day really looks like. Gotcha. And um, what are you, with the rally, how do you support the rally? Uh, by showing up. Um, I can't really bring them all to the park, but I'm here to rally with them and show them support by showing up. and hopefully helping with exposure. And last question, what do you think we need to do for the future to get it done? What has to be done? Or Law reform. Law reform. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Next we have Ryan Walton. Ryan actually filed the permit for the Plants Over Pills rally for that day in front of the White House. He came home from deployment to Fort Hood and was one of the first responders for the Fort Hood shooting. He shares his incredible story with us. Let's check it out. My name is Ryan Walton. Uh, I'm retired Army uh, Corporal. I was in Iraq for 15 months, uh, and I'm one of the 2009 Fort Hood shooting first responders and survivors. Tell me about the Vets Rally. Uh, well, the Vets Rally, we're down here in D.C., and uh, we, ha we have a great opportunity right now in our country, I think, to, to look around at the fact that uh, we have a serious opioid epidemic in our country. 
we have, we have veterans dying at a, at a, at a, at a unexplainable rate. Uh, we have to recognize the concerns we have, and we have veterans who are being prescribed opiates over medical cannabis. That is, that's natural. It's a plant. It saves their life. We have a great opportunity with this. You know, I myself was was 395 pounds. I was in a hospital bed. I had my life taken from me uh, after the Fort Hood shooting. And, and now I'm back, and, and I'm grateful to be back. I'm grateful to be alive again. And, and I have a lot of things to thank, but one of those things is medical cannabis. There's, there's no debating that. There's, there's a thousand things I needed, including therapies, but medical cannabis was, was one of the things that facilitated that change and make it necessary. So we're standing at the Department of Veteran Affairs on 810 Vermont Avenue. How do we convince the people inside this building that you know, we need to get... Well, we sit down. We we know David Shelkin was a was a supporter of uh, medical cannabis. We know the ideas that he had for that. Uh, we know with his recent departure. But at the end of the day, we can still work together. We can sit down and communicate within our veteran groups, veteran affairs, uh, the VFWs, American Legions. We can sit down as groups and make the change for medical cannabis. We have an opportunity in our country right now to show what we're really made of, Dr. Poe. And the exit drug show that I watched, uh, that Weed Maps has put out, has been an absolute game changer. Dr. Poe is doing wonderful things in this entire group setting. She's making changes and she's pushing for more research with this. I personally agree with more research because we know that there's there's ingredients in this medicine that still need to be researched. It's possible one day you could get a mercine strain so high that it cures your back pain. And you have such opportunities within the medical cannabis to share and find and communicate. And I think we owe it to our veterans who have volunteered in this time and were drafted before and all times before that. We owe it to them to help change their life. They gave all for us, and we can give the best back to them. Awesome. Anything else you would like to say? No, I think there just needs to be the understanding. We can sit down. We can talk about this. We don't have to be, be rude and and. and pushed off about it, but, but we should consider the life-changing abilities that medical cannabis is having with veterans. Do you want to have, are we going to continue the rally every year, or how, what's the plan? We have a good year? opportunity. It looks like next year we, we might do it again. We had a few bugs this year, but uh, we're coming back, and we're going to come back stronger than we were this year. We had some great, great shares from veterans, veterans groups who have taken time out of their lives to form agencies and groups to get these guys healed, healthy, and on a clean track of life again. Awesome, thank you. So what's unique about Ryan is that he plans on fighting for cannabis rights to the end. He's convinced that cannabis helps veterans, and I, I agree with him. He, he shares his personal, powerful story with us because this has worked for him. It's, it's something that it's tried and true for him, and it's got him through his tough times. And that's why I, I wanted to you know, go meet him and interview him. And hear his story. And that's why we're here now, sharing his story with everybody, because it is a powerful story. Thank you, Don. That was that was some amazing coverage. Don was down in D.C. for a week. A lot of interesting interviews, and we'll, we'll continue to follow up on that. James, we're running out of time. I hate to be the bad guy, but let's, uh, let's wrap this up. What, what do you want to talk about? Just a quick thing. I know we, we referenced it last week, and, and bringing my uh, dear old mother into this again, she she asked me uh, about getting a couple strings of marijuana for my tutu and my grandmother, who is, uh, who's just 96 years old and has kind of bumps and pains that most 96-year-olds have. I mentioned Leafly last week, uh, L-E-A-F-L-Y, 
It's an app, you could download it, and there's a Dropbox and it says Strains. When you go to the Strains tab, it'll open up strains, like symptoms. Are you trying to trying to cure depression? Are you trying to cure backache, you know, knee ache, insomnia, this? And when you click on the symptom that you have, it gives you a, a list of strains. Because I know a lot of times you walk into pop-up parties or dispensaries and it is intimidating because there's just loads and loads and loads and loads of there's so many different strains nowadays it's it can be overwhelming but this is a great tool to use to kind of pick and choose what strains good for you and I, I recommend it as I did did for my mother and I, I have to say I learned so much last week I had no clue well, I don't know much about cannabis to be honest I'm Time to start. I'm uh, incredibly naive, <laughs> but but I didn't know there were strains for different ailments. It's it's amazing. I I can't wait to hear more about this at some point. But it's, I it's, learned so much from the last episode. It's coming a long way, and it's still not done. It's still not done. And you've been going to pop up parties, right? I had a couple pop up parties last week. Uh, last weekend they were both incredible. One was a you could smell it as soon as you walk in the building, but you don't know where you're going. And you walked up the elevator and got on the stairs, and then they had they went all in. They had like a fake wall. I walked into this room, and it was something out of 007. It was really fucking cool. Uh, and, and then they basically did a secret knock, and this whole wall kind of removed. And then there was just pounds and pounds of weed everywhere. It was incredible. Uh, the next night was just strange. It was a night in Williamsburg. There was a venue, got through the line, and... There was a, a Beanie Siegel. I don't know if you guys like hip hop music uh, from from you know, uh, uh, but he was he did a show there, and then there was vendors all around the all around the stage. It was insane. It was really a lot of fun. <laughs> this weekend, I have one lined up um, tomorrow. It's eighty six degrees here in New York, and I'm going to the beach, and they have a yoga session. I'm big into yoga. I think we're gonna work on that next week. Discuss that uh, that as an alternative treatment as well. But uh, they're doing a pop-up party and a yoga session. So for, for our listeners who didn't hear the last episode, can you give a quick summary about what pop-up parties are? Uh, pop-up parties are just kind of off the radar. It's almost like an underground club where you have to kind of seek out these people and seek out these vendors on social media. And they'll give you a you, – you might have to pay some money. You might have to give some ID or something or something like that. It's not, not like a Nigerian prince scam where you're getting, you know, you don't have to send your bank infos. If you do, that's on you. Uh, but they'll give you an address the day of, and they'll tell you, hey, this is where the party is. And you go to these, these parties, and it's a marijuana party. It's a, it's, it's, the one Friday was, once they removed the wall, I, I consider it comparable to Amsterdam. They had kind of a loft and board games and... You know, people came in and strangers came in and you got to sit and roll your uh, roll your uh, flower and, and kind of sit there. And, you know, it took my girl and we kind of sat there and chilled and had a few laughs. And and um, I, I recommend, you know, trying to attend one. It is, again, not necessarily legal. This is one of those things I mentioned earlier. We're not trying to encourage you to break laws. However, if it's either breaking a law or hurting yourself, I encourage you to break the law. Um, this is all for discussion purposes oh, only. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Run the the legal disclaimer. That's it, exactly. Um, but but I'm a big fan of these pop up parties. I enjoy I enjoy ingesting marijuana more than I enjoy drinking alcohol, which leaves me with regrets in the morning. Marijuana, I wake up, eh, I can go about it. And uh, this this yoga session tomorrow, I'm really excited to do. So we, 
This is a pop-up party and yoga? It's a pop-up party at the beach. With yoga? With yoga. You get an hour included. It, it's They had a veteran's discount, but I think it was $45 you paid ahead of time. Uh, they just gave me the address today, so about 24 hours uh, before the party. It is on the beach, and you go there, and they'll give you an hour of yoga class, and then they have the vendors will be, I'm presuming, selling out of their car or out of their cooler or out of something kind of inconspicuous. <laughs> um, they're clever people. This is not, this is new to some of our listeners, but these guys have been doing it for a while, and fair play to them. They do a great job. And it's, it's, I'm sure going to be, they, they say it's a private party and you can't get in without your ticket. So I don't know how they're policing that. Uh, I should have another story for you next week. All right. If you want to learn more from James, uh, prob- um, probably Instagram is the best way to inbox him. It, what, what's your Instagram uh, handle? I'm at Brooklyn Yid. Again, uh, I'm, I'm a Tottenham fan, so you're going to get that uh, the Yid Army kind of thing. So uh, uh, Brooklyn Yid. What? Um, uh, you can get me at Twitter as well. I'm at Brooklyn Yid on Twitter, but the O's in Brooklyn are zeros because someone stole my name. Or you could uh, email us at editor at Lee Matrilli News, editor at Lee Matrilli News with your questions. We'll forward them on to James. Um, Don is at Don Martinez LC. Please follow him and, and uh, share in his adventures. We are closing out for this episode Please follow us at LimaCharlieNews.com. Please follow us on Twitter at LimaCharlieNews. Please follow us on Instagram at LimaCharlieNews and any other social media that we've uh, proliferated. So thank you to everyone for listening, uh, and we'll be back real soon. Love you guys. Lima Charlie, loud and clear. You're listening to Lima Charlie News.